0: Thanks for listening to the Refuel Podcast. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for a new episode. Tonight we have a little preview of what is to come this weekend, but what what is this weekend? Does anybody know? D now? D Are you guys pumped for D now? Yeah. Are you pumped for D now? Yeah. Freaky, yeah, Cade said, I love it. All right, so I cannot wait either. Like Matt said, Jason Lovins Band, Malibu Jacks, Romans 12, and uh, we're going to have a bunch of great food. Uh, it's going to be a good time. What we're having, Subway, a homemade, uh, homemade breakfast, Scraggle Pop, a bunch of snacks. If you didn't see the food hall, you can go look at that later. That is the most money and the most food I've ever seen spent or bought on a a Sam's run in my whole entire life. It was crazy. Uh, How long were we there, like almost two hours? Yeah, so pretty pumped for that. Anyway, so tonight is kind of like our kickoff to D-NOW, and so um, we're kind of laying the foundation for the curriculum for D-NOW this weekend, and we're gonna do that tonight. And so um, we're not gonna be in Romans tonight, though. Everybody say oh. But that's okay. We're going to be in Titus, but Matt's going to kick it off on Friday night, and he's going to talk about our goals um, in in Romans. And so um, tonight we are in Titus 3, if you have a Bible or your phone. Titus 3. And so before we get started, um, I do have, I don't have F-words tonight. I'm not really good at the whole F-words, and this is a really weird picture, but um, I promise it's a lot clearer on my screen. Anyways, Tonight we have M words. Everybody say M words. Woo! And so because we have M words, we get MMs. We get Ms. Everybody gets M. Grenade. In the back. I got you, Jordan. Watch this. Woo! Oh, I got him! I got Jordan! In the back. Mark needs some. Marky Mark. I got two more. Here we go. Oh, yeah. All right, so we have M&M's. If you have M&M's, open them up and share with somebody. I need everybody to have three really quick. Go and share if you can. Share, share. Grab some off the ground, okay? You have 30 seconds for everybody to have three M&M's. Ready? Hey, here's one. Who wants one? It got busted in the package. (laughs) There's a pack behind me. Oh, hey. (laughs) Okay, so hold up one M&M. Let me see it. Everybody hold one up. Eat that M&M. Tonight we're going to talk about memory, okay? We have three. Hold up M&M number two. Let me see it. Let me see it. Eat that one. We're going to talk about mercy. Some of y'all are nasty. I just watched somebody feed another person. Ooh, golly. (laughs) Everybody hold up M&M number three. Number three, eat it now, go. Everybody say, motivate. Motivate, Motivate. okay, cool, cool. So there are our M&Ms. And so now that you had a little time and a little snack, if you're not already at Titus three, I need you to get there really quick. So Titus three and verses three through eight is what we're going to be in tonight, but we're going to start with verse three. Titus 3.3 says, For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy. And tonight, I've got a pen like Matt. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Woo! Stepping it up in the world. There we go. Alright, so for we, were, we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. That is a heavy verse right there. Um, and so, boom, we get M word number one, right? You all already ate the, uh, the um, M&M. Does anybody remember what M word number one was? Memory. Memory, right. And so, Paul says here, don't forget what you once were. Don't forget what you used to be. He's telling Titus to remind the believers uh, of what they once were. And so he's saying, don't forget what God has brought you from. Sometimes it's easy in the Christian life. It is so easy to forget uh, what God has done in your life and take it for granted. And so we forget that we were foolish and that we were disobedient and that we were led astray and we are slaves to lustful pleasures and that we were angry at the world and, or that we had hate in our hearts. And so I have to make this point clear here though. And so this section from Paul, and I'm about to use it. Watch this. We'll go orange. I like orange. This section from Paul's letter was written as... A warning to remember. Everybody say a warning to remember. Not a right to brag. Not a right to brag. There you go, say it. This section in Paul's letter here to Titus was written as a warning to remember what you once were, but not a right to brag about who you once were and who you um, were before Christ came into your life. And so I've been a Christian now for almost nine years. Uh, I gave my life to Christ when I was 14. And I cannot tell you how many times I wrestled with hearing Christians who have been saved for 40 plus years or however long or five years, two years. uh, and, And yet they would say, something like this. I'm sure you've heard it, but they would say, yeah, I'm a believer. I gave my life to Christ, you know. I gave my life to Jesus X amount of years ago, however long it was. But man, you should have seen me before. Like, I was doing this, I was doing that, and I was doing that, and I was doing this. And so, man, I was awful. We used to have some good times. Paul is saying here that this is a warning to remember, not a right to brag. And so, When people say stuff like that, it's not shared out of a a heart of brokenness of what they used to be. Uh, It's almost like they miss what they once were. And so every time I heard that as a young Christian, I was so confused. I don't know. Does that kind of confuse you guys too a little bit, maybe? Yeah, so like... If you have been brought from death to life, why go back to the death? Now, it's important to remember what you once were, right? Paul is saying that, but it's not okay to brag about what you once were. And so when you share your testimony, you tell someone what Jesus has done in your life, uh, which you should do. It's important to remember what you once were before Jesus. But please listen to Paul's warning here and don't glorify your old life share how God is working in your life now and so this is this is not just found in Titus this is a common theme amongst three different letters actually and three different times of Paul's letters Uh, he addresses the importance of remembering what you once were but not bragging about it right and so here in Titus but also in his letters to the Corinthians everybody say Corinthians. Corinthians and the Ephesians everybody say Ephesians Okay, so you don't have to turn there. I've got it here on my my fancy little iPad tonight. Uh, And so Paul says to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 6, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin and who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes, or practice homosexuality, or are thieves, or greedy people, or drunkards, or are abusive, or cheat people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. None of these will inherit the kingdom of God. Some of you were once like that. Some of you were once like that, but you were cleansed. Everybody say cleansed. But you were cleansed, you were made holy, you were made right by God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. And so there we see it in Titus and we see it in 1 Corinthians. And so Paul wanted the people that he wrote to to remember what they once were. Uh, he also says it here in Ephesians 5, 3-9. through 9. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such sins have no place among God's people. Obscene stories, foolish talk, coarse jokes, these are not for you. Instead, let there be a thankfulness to God. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God. For a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse their sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey Him. Don't participate in the things of these people, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light, for this light within you produces only what is good and what is true. And so... Paul's emphasizing this importance of, of not bragging about what you once were, but remembering it, okay? So that was the number number one M word, memory, right? Everybody say memory. Memory. Ah, say it a little louder. Memory. 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 Okay. Number two. You guys remember what number two was? Mercy. Oh, it's on the screen. on it. Mercy, okay? And so... We pick up in Titus chapter 3 in verse 4. Look look with me real quick. He says but when the goodness and loving kindness of our God, our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, his own mercy. By the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly, through Jesus Christ our Savior. So that being justified, which means just as if I had never sinned. It's a cool little word there, a phrase. But, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This M word is going to be our main focal point tonight. And so, mercy is where we're really about to dig in because it lays the foundation and springs us forward for Friday night, which we are so pumped for to be in Romans. And so, this weekend we're actually talking about renewing our minds in view of God's mercy. But here Paul perfectly describes the mercy of God. And it was displayed on the cross through Jesus. Look back at verse 4 real quick. He says, but when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us. And so, if you're taking notes, you can number one, you, like, do number one, memory. Number two, what was it? Mercy, and then underneath that, you can put like A, B, C, okay? We're gonna have three focal points or three aspects about mercy that we're honing in on right now. And so, we're gonna, we're about to circle or highlight a couple of words in our Bibles. So, if you have a pen, get ready. I want you to highlight, I'm gonna do it too. I want you to highlight, but when, big butts of the Bible that Matt always talks about, big butts cannot lie, but when, And also appeared. It's all in verse 4. But when and appeared. The appearance that Paul is referring to here is actually the embodiment of the mercy of God. He is talking about Jesus. He's talking about our Savior. And so, number one, you can number it, the mercy of God is a byproduct of the character of God. The mercy of God is a byproduct of the character of God. And here's what I mean. In verse 4, Paul says, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, our God is good. Oh, that's the highlighter. There we go. Pin. Our God is good. And our God has a loving kindness. And so, it is His goodness and His loving kindness that results... In the mercy of God being offered to us through Jesus Christ. Uh, And so that is the number one aspect that we learn about the mercy of God. The The second aspect of God's mercy is that you yourself cannot do anything to earn it. The second aspect of God's mercy is that you cannot do anything to earn it. And so, no matter how hard you try, or how good you think you are, look what he says here uh, in verses 5. Or verse 5, not verses. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness. Not because of works. Oh, that's white that don't really help. There we go. Not because of works done by us in righteousness. So your your own good works or your righteous works do not save you, okay? No matter how hard you try or how good you think you are, you cannot be saved by that. Now, this is just a story of illustration, okay? Don't fact check me on the Bible, blah, blah, blah. I just found it online and thought it was cool, okay? But listen, so there's these two pastors, and they're on their way to a pastor's conference in Texas. Pretty big state. Anyways, so they, they both are on the highway, a, a semi-truck veers over, falls asleep, hits them both head on, and they both simultaneously go to heaven. So you know what that means. Anyways, so they stand before God and uh, before they enter the gate, God looks at the first pastor and says, so why should I let you in? And this man says, well, I mean, I've, I've served your church for 47 years. I've taken care of widows. I've fed the orphans. I've tied every week even though I'm a pastor. He said... Uh, I, I've read through my Bible in a year for 22 years straight and I've done this, I've done that, and God looks at him and says, depart from me. I never knew you. And boom, he's gone. And so now this other pastor's sitting here and he's thinking, oh my goodness, like, oh my goodness, I'm a pastor too and this guy just, just did not, was not known by God. And so uh, he he's He's freaking out and he's trembling and, and God looks at him and says, why should I let you in here? And, and he's trembling and he's shaking and he says, well, I, I, not because of me, but because of him. And he points and walking by is Jesus. And that is a beautiful picture of what it means. And what's going to happen when we, when we meet God face-to-face uh, at that gate? And so, God did not save people because they behaved righteously. He still does not save people because they behave righteously. He saved people because he is merciful. A response to an altar call does not save. Saying the sinner's prayer does not save. Baptism does not save. Church attendance does not, will not save you. Giving does not save you. Tithing does not save you. Reading the Bible in and of itself does not save you. Each of these wonderful works of righteousness have no power to save. It is instead according to his mercy... That he saved us. And so I'm not saying all those things are bad. Don't get me wrong. Those are righteous things. They are good for you to do. But those in and of themselves cannot and will not save you. And so we've talked about how the mercy of God is a byproduct of the character of God. And how we can do nothing to earn the mercy of God. And so the third aspect that we see here. Anybody have a guess? Anybody? No, I'll tell you. So the third aspect of God's mercy that we see here is that God's mercy was displayed through Jesus and that leaves us no choice but to be changed. And so what we have here is that, there we go, I found it. Look at verse five. Paul says, he saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of the eternal gospel. And so what in the world does washing and renewal mean? Like when the mercy of God stretches out his hand and calls you into faith, We respond in faith and something profound takes place within the Christian. Something profound takes place within that new believer. And so first we see the washing of regeneration. When you regenerate from death to life and you bring something from death to life, uh, a, a believer is brought from lost Found. There is a change. You can't help it but be changed. And so, but take a look with me with me, take a look with me at what happens when there is a renewal of the Holy Spirit, meaning that the Holy Spirit falls upon you. Romans 5:5 5, 5 says, For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. But but look what what else also happens. God displays his mercy. Through Jesus, And so it says whom he poured out on us richly. Who he poured out on, on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And so Jesus was the means of the display of God's mercy. Jesus dying on the cross allowed mercy for you and for me. And, and do you understand how merciful God was? John three sixteen tells us that God uh, sacrificed his one and only son. It's not like he had another one. It's not what the Mormons believe that Satan was God's son too and that Jesus was just a chosen one. That's not how it is. Okay. That is not biblical truth. Jesus was God's one and only son. And so He sent his one and only son that we may be reconciled or brought back to him. And yet we still reject that. We still aren't ready to give our lives up for that. And so this whole idea can be summed up in one passage in Galatians. And if you have your Bibles, flip with me really quick. I'm going to have to fly through these. Galatians chapter 2 and we'll start in verse 16. Again, this is Paul speaking, and he says, Yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law. And we have believed in Christ Jesus, so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right uh, with God by obeying the law. That's where we see the fact that we cannot earn God's mercy he picks up and says, but suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. What would that, would that mean that Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. And that's where we see the character of God. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of the law I had already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And that is where we see the display of God's mercy through Jesus. But how are we changed? Paul says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ in me. What a bold statement for Paul to make. And so this could have been confused like back in Paul's day because he was like a righteous person in the Jewish realm, like in their, in their society. He was high up. And so for him to say this, it kind of would have been like, You mean to tell me that it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me because I earned the right to say that because I'm so righteous? But no, that is not what Paul means at all. What Paul means here is, is that he understood that Jesus came to dwell in him. He had no other choice but to change. And so Dr. Constable says, When a person trusts Christ, God identifies him or her with Christ. Not only in the present and future, but also in the past. The believer did what Christ did. When Christ died, the believer died. When Christ arose from the grave, the believer arose to the newness and life. Lo- of life, My old self-centered life died when I died with Christ. His spirit directed life began in me when I arose with Christ. And so Paul basically says the same thing when he says, I'm done striving for this perfect life. He says, I tried to keep the law and it only left me condemned. I tried, I I died to the law, meaning that he stopped trying to meet all of its requirements. And he understood that Jesus took on the weight of his sin on the cross. And Paul even says, my old self was crucified with Christ. Major Ian Thomas, this, I love this quote by him, but he speaks of Jesus and he says, it is the life he died that qualified him for the death that he died. Or it is the life that he lived that qualified him for the death that he died. The death that he died qualifies you to receive the life he lives now. I'll read it one more time. It is the life he lived that qualified him for the death he died. The death he died qualifies you to receive the life he lives now. Jesus Christ quite literally indwelled in Paul. Not in a weird possession type way. Okay, that's not what I want you to think of here. But in a way where Paul's spirit was able to connect with the spirit of the living God. We serve a living God. Jesus is not de- dead, and I don't mean this harshly, but I remember my grandma, uh, and, and she would say some weird things when she was living, um, but she would always say, uh, and I don't know if she fully understood the weight of her words, but she would say, now honey, you just need Jesus in your heart, and I'm like, grandma, I just stole a cookie, like it's not that deep, bro, <laughs> like chill out, but anyways... <laughs> Like, no, Grandma, he is in my heart. He is my life. It is no longer I who live, but him in me. We are reconciled or brought back to our kind and loving creator by his mercy. We can do nothing to earn that mercy. That mercy was displayed through Jesus on the cross. And if we trust and believe that, we receive the embodiment of God's mercy in Jesus. And so we're going to close out back to Titus chapter 3 and verse 8. And he says, The saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things, so that, you, so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good works. These things are excellent and profitable for people. There's our last M word, motivate. Paul says, In light of what I said before, be motivated to devote yourselves to good works. If Paul is charging Titus... To tell believers to do good works, that means that it's possible that they weren't doing good works. If Paul has to remind Titus to remind the believers to do good works, that means that they might not have been doing them. And so which kind of gets confusing because we just talked about how Jesus indwells within believers uh, and willing vessels. And so wouldn't that automatically produce good works if Jesus dwells in us, right? No, listen, like, it is a daily battle to die to the flesh so that Jesus Christ will be known in you. We'll close with Ephesians 4, 17 through 24. Paul says, and I want you to listen to these words. "'With the Lord's authority I say this, "'live no longer as Gentiles do, "'for they are hopelessly confused. "'Their minds are full of darkness.' They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and they have hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature, and former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Welcome to D-Now Weekend 2023. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word. Uh, Lord, we, we love being able to just dive into the, to what Paul wrote here in Titus. God, I pray that we uh, would remember what we were before we came to you. Lord, I pray that uh, we would realize that the mercy, your mercy, was displayed on the cross through Jesus. And God, let that motivate us to renew our minds in your spirit so that we may do good works in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Refuel podcast. If you have any questions or would like to review the notes from this podcast, be sure to download the Refuel app from the App Store on any mobile device.